Kia ora. This podcast is here to help you unwind self-doubt, people-pleasing, imposter syndrome and overwhelm so you can step into the confident leader you were born to be. Women, it is time to bring your purpose into the world in an impactful way without sacrificing your well-being. I'm Megan Kerr, mindset coach and meditation teacher. Are you ready? Let's begin. Hey, welcome to my podcast. You are here on episode number one, the very first episode, the one that started it all. I'm going to introduce myself in this podcast. I'm going to talk about my journey, you know, the journey that took me to this place that I'm in now. As a mindset coach, meditation and mindfulness teacher, I'm so privileged to be able to help hundreds and hundreds of people at this stage to live their best lives to overcome the things that have been blocking them, that they've been struggling with over the last 20, nearly 25 years. And I had my own challenges in my early life with my health, mental health and then physical health. And so some of the story is around how I overcame that and the lessons I've learned along the way. When I was a young woman, I had quite a lot of anxiety and depression, early life trauma, the usual suspects. By the time I was 20, 21, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, so inflammatory bowel disease. And I became increasingly unwell with Crohn's disease in my early 20s and really spent that decade in my 20s recovering from pretty horrific symptoms of Crohn's disease so I lost a significant amount of weight and I want to just add a caveat here it gets really good and and I did overcome the Crohn's disease I did recover from it fully but anyway back to when I was 20 I lost a significant amount of weight I wasn't able to look after myself I couldn't really say leave the house I didn't have the energy for that Crohn's disease gives a lot of pain to the people that are experiencing it and it got so bad that I had fistulas and just to be really frank fistulas are pretty freaking horrible they are caused by an abscessing that's happening in your intestines and it sort of ulcerates and links with joins into organs and skin and the upshot of that is is that I had to wear an ostomy bag because I had a fistula into my into my abdomen one off so I had to wear an ostomy bag for I think it was open for about a year and a half anyway let's fast forward I did recover I got well. I went down a really natural healing route and had a naturopath that was willing to take me on. So I'm 52 now, so I was around 24 when I was working with this naturopath. And it was a long road and it was hard and it was difficult, but my body slowly, slowly started to heal. And I got to around mm, 80, 90% better. So I was still quite weak, but I'd slowly, slowly started to put on weight. I was able to take care of myself. I could eat more food without having a lot of pain. My bowel was slowly healing. But I found that every time that something stressed me, stressed my system, stressed me out, I would fall back into pain and suffering from the Crohn's disease. And 
when I look at it now, I can see that it was because my nervous system was being triggered into a fight and flight state, a sympathetic arousal state. And so then the, you know, my immune system would flare up and the Crohn's would flare up. And so that was happening fairly regularly. I'd go along okay, and then I'd be really triggered by something. And it didn't even have to be something, you know, significantly traumatic or upsetting. It could be just everyday stresses that would trigger my nervous system. And so I knew at that point that I'd done a lot of physical work to heal my body, and I really needed to go in and do the emotional work. And that's, for me, where things got really interesting. So it was back in the mid-90s and I started studying with master healers and therapists around trauma and the effects of trauma on our body and I did a lot of my own work, somatic therapy, psychotherapy, in groups and individually. And this really was my key to freedom. And so I did quite a lot of work in Australia when I was over there for five months, which really opened the doorway for me to healing, not just at the physical level, but at the emotional and psychological and even deeper than that. And I could see that there was so much promise with this for me. I came back to New Zealand in the late 90s and I started studying bodywork. So I started, I studied kinesiology and other forms of healing and I found them really, really helpful. But one of the, one of the first clients that I had, she, wonderful, wonderful woman and I was doing practice treatment on her and she came she came to me and she had such a significant amount of trauma and the study that I'd been doing around kinesiology and other bodywork techniques had not equipped me for being able to work with her in a safe way but also more than that in a really effective way in a way that could really help her to change her life and to reclaim a sense of safety in her body she was suffering the effects of trauma And so I knew then that I had to look deeper in my own journey and my own learning. And I was living up in Auckland at that time and I was I was temping in the commercial world in accounting. I really disliked it. And I knew that my soul's purpose that laid elsewhere. And I stumbled across psychosynthesis psychology. And lucky for me, there was this amazing institute in Auckland called the Institute of Psychosynthesis. And I went along and did their fundamentals. Oh, I can't remember how long it was now. So this was in 98. Anyway, it was a week, I think. Yeah, it was a retreat, but you went there each day and then you went home to your own home. And it was about a week long. And I knew when I did this group work that this was for me that I was going to do this training come hell or high water. And I still had a lot of social anxiety. I've been, was blessed with social anxiety by my mother and my grandmother. It can often be quite an inherited trait. And so it doesn't bother me nearly as much now, but way back then it was a significant issue for me. But even though that was in place, and even though I felt totally unqualified and ill-equipped for doing a counselling training, I applied to do the psychosynthesis counselling training. And the way they set it up was just so, so good. You had to do a year of a year of study with them first, which was the foundations year. And that was all about yourself. 
The Concepts of Psychosynthesis, which is a transpersonal psychology system, philosophy. And, and so that year of foundation, so I did that, and then I applied for the second year, which was the counselling training. And I wasn't ready for it. No way. But I was so determined to complete the training that I just... The things that I found really, really hard, because at that stage I still found it quite hard to connect with people and talk with people. There was a lot of anxiety going on for me. But I knew that I was going to do this, and I pushed myself way out of my comfort zone. The first day I arrived to the counselling training, I was so nervous that I couldn't speak. Like, my nervous system had gone into this edge of freeze. I was that nervous. But you know, I showed up, I was there. And the facilitator, who was one of the directors of the Institute, I think he just said hello to me, and I can still see it in my mind's eye. And I I struggled out hello back, I think, or maybe made some kind of noise where my nervous system used to go into that almost free state. I would all I would go into an almost mute state and be find it really difficult to even say words. And so I struggled with that through the whole training. And I remember about four months in, we had to start working with clients. So remember, we'd done that year first, and then we were doing the counseling arm of the training, and we had to start working with clients. And And I hadn't got there. And I was talking to another student, and she said, Megan, if you don't start working with a client, they're going to kick you out of the training. And that was such a wake-up call for me. So I hustled my ass and I got myself a client so they were practice clients then you know free clients free for them and I just got in stayed in by the skin of my teeth and I remember we were doing supervision group supervision one day with one of the teachers and directors of the institute and I was really struggling to speak up in a group but I had started to make inroads in that I found this woman quite intimidating she was very very powerful empowered woman and uh, I was quite intimidated by her. And she asked, she said to me, Megan, how are you going? You're very quiet in the group. You don't say anything. How are you going with that? And it came from a really caring place, but it was also, for me, I suppose, quite a challenge. And, and I was able to say to her, well, actually, I did speak up in this session that we had and and she was able to reflect on that so I remember that as a real pivotal moment for myself because I was able to speak up for myself and thank goodness that this training it was a requirement that we did our own psychotherapy and it was a requirement in the foundation year and then in the counseling training year it had to be a minimum of every two weeks I think so picture this I had my, so, oh yeah, funny story, I, in, during the foundation year, I met my now husband, and I think I was four months in, and I became pregnant, unexpectedly, it certainly wasn't something that we were planning, we hadn't been together very long, and so I did that whole foundation year pregnant, and then I had my first child, Jack, and, and by the time, and then I took a year off, and then when I came back and did the counselling training year, Jack was obviously one, one and a half, something like that. And so we were living in New Plymouth then, four, four or five hours away from Auckland, and the training was in Auckland. And so I had to travel up to Auckland 
once every five or six weeks I think for a weekend of training and during that time so I had to go up there for the training it was three days and an extra night something like that three or four days and during that time I also had to do two sessions of psychotherapy and one session of supervision and so I had this little toddler and him and Ollie would come with me up to Auckland my husband we would all travel up to Auckland and stay with a darling couple that really looked after us and so they stayed and hung out with our friends while I went and did did this training that was stretching me so far out of my comfort zone and and then I'd go home at the end of the day and Jack would be there and of course I'd been gone all day so you know what it's like mamas when your kid hasn't hasn't had that quality time with you and they really want to be with you but I was just exhausted after all of the all of the deep deep training that we did but we did it you know and I I was just so determined to make it happen it was really really hard physically because of the traveling but also emotionally and then also in terms of my confidence you know I really had to stretch out of my comfort zone and connect with people try and generate student clients for my student work it was just an incredible time of growth and during the second year of the counseling training we went into the trauma modules and I look I just really really appreciate the work that we did through that psychosynthesis training now around trauma because it equipped me so so well for the last two decades of work that I've done with clients it has made me a really safe and effective therapist and now mindset coach but I remember going through the trauma modules and psychosynthesis is very deep but it also places a great emphasis on relational safety so we're doing group work and yes there is some really deep places that we go to but they pay a lot of attention to that therapeutic safety which I valued so much but in any case I was still very triggered by the work because I've had my own trauma experiences as as an infant and as a young child and a teenager actually and I remember I was right in the middle of psychotherapy and there's a there's an arc with psychotherapy where you know you really can deepen into the work if you're going regularly over a, a, an extended period of time and I was right in the depths of it and then we were also doing the trauma work and I can still remember the visual when I showed up at one of the sessions in the group you know it was the group training day and I showed up and I stood there and I just felt like I was falling apart but when I look back to it now I was thawing the frozen part of me was thawing and it was hard to manage but I was also really really supported by my therapist by the facilitators by our teachers by the group container I can honestly say hand on heart that that psychosynthesis training changed me at a fundamental level and changed how I am able to show up in life and it has informed my work with clients it still informs my work with clients I have not found anything that goes to that depth and so that was my apprenticeship into being a therapist a counselor and I worked with clients for a number of years and then I learned how to do I was really interested in healing and hands-on work and and I could feel that my my body wanted to learn my nervous system wanted to learn how to do you know healing hands-on work so I learned I think it was about 
10 years ago now, I learned how to, maybe 15, I learned craniosacral therapy. And that was another profound learning for me. And, and being able to connect with a client in that way with that really, really safe contact and support their nervous system to unwind, to resolve trauma, to learn new ways of functioning and new, new doorways to resilience was just such, such a gift. I've been working with clients for over 20 years, coming up to 25 years now. And a couple of years ago, around about 50, when I hit the old midlife, midlife turning 50, going through menopause, so I went into menopause quite early, like my mother did, but it was probably also brought on by the stress of having Crohn's disease and being so unwell for, for a number of years. So I went into menopause early, and we are going to talk about menopause, absolutely, because that has been quite a journey for me, and I know it is for women around our age as well. A couple of years ago, I had this career, it wasn't a crisis, but it was a change that came upon me. And I had always said, I will never give up working with clients hands-on, craniosacral therapy. I just loved it. But my body got to a stage where my nervous system was saying to me, this is too much. This amount of clients each week, I had a really busy clinical practice, is just too much for you right now. And you need to pause. And for me, one of the blessings that came out of the whole COVID lockdown thing that we had here in New Zealand was that I had to step back from my clinical practice. I just couldn't physically, I wasn't allowed, we weren't allowed to be in the same room as our clients for for a period of time. And so that gave me the real reset. I pressed reset on my work life and I stepped back and I let my nervous system my deeper wisdom really guide me. And it it shocked me that my nervous system wanted me to give up craniosacral therapy and the busy clinical practice and the successful, thriving clinical practice that I had. But that was what my nervous system needed and wanted me to do. And so I listened to it. And I wasn't sure where I was headed with it. I knew I still wanted to work with clients, but it just wasn't going to be hands-on anymore. And that is when I found coaching and I stumbled across Creatrix and Creatrix works with the subconscious and it rewires the subconscious, it resolves trauma, beliefs, inherited beliefs, self-concepts, all that stuff that trips us up. It's a derivative of NLP and I found this thing called Creatrix. I literally just stumbled across it in a group and somebody was raving about it and saying, I wish I'd found this years ago. And I was intrigued and my heart was like, "Mm, you need to follow that thread. You need to check this out. And I did. I followed that thread and it led me to working, to studying and becoming a Creatrix facilitator. And I have now really rebirthed my work with clients. So now if you're a client, you will come to me and we will work together for a period of time, maybe around around three months, and we will do the deep dive work. And the work that we do rests on all of that apprenticeship that I did in psychosynthesis, 
counseling and psychology, in craniosacral therapy of working with the nervous system. And now I have this incredibly powerful tool in the form of Creatrix and it is fun to work with Creatrix. So we work on Zoom and I work with these amazing women. Honestly, I love my clients to bits. Every single one of them are incredible, incredible women. And we we go deep. We use the Creatrix method. We figure out what's getting in the way for them. All that stuff, imposter syndrome, fears, doubts, overwhelm, all that shit we've been born with. All the, you know, we inherit so much trauma that shows up as limiting beliefs. So we, we dive deep. And we resolve that in a way that up levels your emotional wisdom so quickly. It just, it blows me away. It blows me away where these women start from and then where they end up. And, you know, they come out of the coaching and nothing is stopping them. In terms of the emotional mindset, belief stuff, it just doesn't hold them back anymore. Now look, of course we're not robots, we still, I still have emotion, I still get pissed off, I still get triggered, I still lose my rag every now and then, but what happens when you've gone through the creatrix process, because of course I went through the process as well, is that you resolve it so much more quickly. You gain the wisdom out of that dysregulation that might happen so much more quickly. And for me it's like I figure out really, really quickly. Okay, so is it something I need to change externally? Is it a conversation I need to have with someone? Is it a boundary I need to set? Or is it something inside myself? Do I need to adjust something inside myself? And so yeah, I still have doubts arise. But you know, in the past where they were a seven, seven, eight out of 10, they might have been. Now when they show up, it might be a four, five, and they are certainly not getting in my way. They are certainly not stopping me from stretching outside of my comfort zone for going after my goals. And for me, my purpose is about helping you, about helping other women to be able to step up in their own lives. That is my, that is my joy. That is my reason for being. One of my reasons for being. That is what makes me tick, what makes me step out of, of being the introvert and connecting with people because although I'm introverted once I start that connection once I'm relating with someone I love it there might be a bit of hesitation for me to start but once once I get going I'm all in on the conversing having fun <laughs> so that's a little bit of my journey and I am so grateful for the training institutes, for the people, you know, in your life when there's, there's like pivotal people that show up and, and they help to change the course of your life. I feel so grateful for those people that showed up in those moments when I was at rock bottom. That's my journey. If any part of this has connected with you, if you, you know, you can see yourself in any part of this, let me know. I want to hear from you as well. Have an amazing day. Lots of love. 
Hey, thanks for joining me on the podcast. If you liked what you heard, leave me a five-star review, tell your friends, share the episode. It all helps to get this information into the hands of other people that can use it to really unwind people-pleasing, imposter syndrome, self-doubt, because we can do without that anymore, right? We need to step up, step into being the leaders we were born to be. Have an amazing week, my friend.